Today's presentation, the topic is about tapping into your potential by feeding your faith through calmness of mind. And we know that calmness of mind is not something that is always easy to, to reach based on probably the fact that we have uh, just, we're just lightheaded, or it could mean that we have never brought, was never brought up in that sort of environment. And it means a spirit of things. It could be the external environment. And in today's world that we're living in, Oh my goodness, where do we start? We, we're on the brink of a, a new world. We're on the brink of something that we've never seen before, that we've never experienced before. And um, I guess everyone expects us to be okay with it, right? Um, and, and so being calm under the, the circumstances, even as believers, is not always evident and it's not always easy to, to be able to, to display this. So I'm going to be speaking to you about this, how you can tap into your power as an individual, because this is something that a lot of people don't realize that we were born with power. As a matter of fact, a lot of the times we feel so powerless based on whatever, whatever is going on with us. And also there is, there is also the factor of imperfection that makes everything sometimes just seem so, so wrong. And it, it sometimes feels as if we're trying to be better, we're trying to be good, um, but we're not reaching anywhere because as soon as you fix one area of your life, um, another area falls down and you've got to work on it. And you're like, oh my God, when am I going to? reach perfection um i guess we, we probably some of us are probably mature enough to realize that that's not what's required of us it's not perfection at least not today in an imperfect world so we need to look at things a lot more differently and to see how we can tap into the power um, that we were actually born with and make a better success of our life. And of course, associated to that is becoming a calmer person, a calmness of mind. So let's, let's look at the power. We, we, we've often hear about um, People says, I can't do this because I don't have the willpower. Um, people usually say, especially when you're younger, people say she's strong-willed. So when we look at this word will, the, the Webster's Dictionary gives us a, um, a definition where it says the word will means something that it, the outcome is I say to you, my daughter will be 80 years old um, next year. Um, there isn't anything that could possibly change that. Um, we can think of one thing, and even then, she's still going to be 80 years old, whether she's alive or not. Um, so that tells us that the word will is a very strong one, and, and it is one that I would like for you to underline because it's going to come up 
a few times and it will always come up into your life, my life. Um, and so being able to use the power that was given to you um, means also that we have to be able to understand that will to do. It's usually reinforced by her, our faith. And as individuals, we all have different levels of faith. Some of us have faith very, very small, maybe as small as a mustard seed. And some of us has can display, display a larger amount of faith. And based on, if we we're taking it from a biblical point of view, Jesus talked about how small your faith is, uh, doesn't matter. As long as you're able to display um, a proportion of faith, you can change your life, you can move on to a better um, understanding of what you're here for, and, and you can align yourself with, with a purpose in life. So faith is usually fueled by our belief system. And, and let's just stay on this for a minute because we might be part of a, an organization we, uh, that is, um, has doctrines and de- like a church. We might be part of other organizations. But all of us has a certain belief system and it is based on, usually on our own experience that doesn't mean that our belief system is not influenced by our religious views or our lack of it. It's that it's individual to us. And, and let's look at an example. For example, you could have, uh, say, 10 children. I'm going to use my own example. 10 children born in a, in a household. Um, and one child might say, oh, when we were small, we always got Christmas presents. And another child will say, no, we didn't. We never got a Christmas present. And another child might say, oh, we didn't get it all the time, but we got it. And as a result of that, you would have different children coming out of the same household with a completely different experience um, about life um, and a completely different approach to life. So our faith is usually um, powered by what we believe. So we may up with a slightly stronger um, faith than others. And sometimes our faith might even becomes broader in the end than others. But the point that I would like you to um, take away um, here is that without this willpower, without faith, without a structure of belief, um, whether it has to do with our self as a Christian or it has to do with our abilities and what we can really accomplish in life. We need all three of these in order to, to be able to develop um, to, de- to develop our willpower. Okay? So, um, pretty much, let's um, look at some of the things that can influence our will, okay? And and some of the things that from from it. And bear with me a minute because I know our topic is about uh, calmness of mind, but if we're going to be able to tap into our power, 
we have to understand what that power is. We, we have to understand how it can be influenced and we have to understand how it also can be enhanced. So let's look at what I call the enemies of the willpower. If you have a pen and a, pa or pa and a piece of paper, paper, what I would like you to do is to take notes on the enemies of our willpower. The first one is doubt. Um, a lot of people would put fear as the first one, but the reason why I put doubt as the first one is because it tends to be uh, marry with worry in order to create fear. So the first one is doubt. We all know what that is. The second one is worry. And the third one is fear. The last one is disappointment. But let's jump to the third one, which is the fear. We, we're at a stage right now where the world has been plummeted on its head based on the fact that there are a few elite people that has been able to pump fear into the world to the extent where at the moment something like a virus has taken con complete control of our minds as human beings and has caused people to die unnecessarily. Understand that we're not saying that there isn't a virus. We're not saying that it can be potentially deadly. What we're saying as a result of the fear that has been pumped into people, even strong, healthy people can collapse underneath the fear. And it is said that stress is the number one killer. I don't think it's, I think fear is the number one killer in the world. As a result of this, we have to be careful and put a watch on doubt and worry, which creates fear. Number four is what I want you to highlight. And the reason for this is because it's very subtle. Disappointment, it's something that is very dangerous, very upsetting, and can cause a lot more damages to our lives than sometimes we give credit for. And let's let's take an example here. An example would be somebody who has was married and got divorced. And because of something that was done to you in the past, you hold on to the disappointment of that individual. That disappointment is usually created by your expectation um, of that individual, right or wrong. Um, your expectation is not necessarily a bad thing. But your expectation can also sometimes influence by um, our culture. Um, our culture says we should have one partner. Our culture said you should treat the partner in, in, a, in, in a certain way. And you should provide as a male, as an example, for your family financially. And if that person doesn't do that, then the disappointment of that leads to eventually to divorce 
and it may lead to even bigger things. So are you with me so far? So as a result of that disappointment, let's just say that this this event happened 20 years ago. When you recall the event today, you recall it with the same amount of disappointment, the same amount of uh, doubt, the same amount of anger, and the same amount of anxiety comes and it, it works its way through your system to the point as if the event, it's almost as if that event that happened in the past is still there, right? It's still, it's, it hasn't finished. It's not a past event to you. To you, it is still a current event. Now the question is how, how are you able to move on from that thing that happened 20 years ago? How are you able to move on from that? And the truth of the matter is, you haven't. So we find ourselves in a, in a place where, where we're actually living in the past, stuck in the past, not realizing that there is so much more to life, that there's so much more in store for you based on your purpose, based on the reason why you're here, based on the God-given talent that you have inside you, this very event happened 20 years ago, is still holding you back. And I can say that today because I've also experienced it, maybe not 20 years, but yeah, I have experienced it. And I have experienced how it can hold you back and stop you from fulfilling your God given purpose so you know this is a real enemy and I want every one of us to take it away today that it is something that has to go if you're going to fulfill and reach that stage of calmness where you can actually make a difference in, not in just in your life but in all of our, all of our lives Okay, so take a deep breath. Yeah, and let's look at something a little bit more positive, which is the friends of the willpower.